0: Guys, so good to see everyone, especially as I've been away. I missed you all. I love you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, This morning, I woke up. My mother called me. As you know, my mum lives in Australia, and she rang me to tell me that she'd had a prophetic dream a couple of days ago that she wanted to share with me. And and I said, I can't stay on the phone too long because I'm preaching today. And she said, oh, well, let me pray for you and the church before you go in. So this is a prayer I'm going to pray. It's going to be my mum's prayer for me and all of you. Dear Lord, we thank you and praise you for the gift of your salvation through Jesus Christ. And we pray that your cross stands between my lips and the ears of everyone before me today, that the words are received as revelation and joy and hope through the cross of Jesus. And we pray this in your holy name. Amen. Right. Um. Actually, her timing was really good for calling me because some of my... The story I'm going to share with you today is actually about two of my favorite people, which is my mum and my grandfather, uh, her father. And the reason why I want to talk about them is because when I read this passage, it reminded me so much of those two people, especially the last three verses in the passage about the prophetess, Anna, who really reminds me of my mum. I think Si's got a photo of um, these guys. Right, so that's my mum in the blue. I love her. Isn't she gorgeous? And, um, and you can't see very clearly, but the photo next to her is my mum's kneeling down in the front, but that's her three sisters and uh, her brother standing there next to her. And that's my grandfather. He's the only tall person in that photo. Um, So I'll explain a bit more about it. But basically, my mum, like Anna, is a prophet. So I've got here in front of me her Bible today that she sent me a few years ago. And you will see in these pages, I've lost my reading now, but it doesn't matter. In these pages, uh, she's scribbled all the prayers and the verses that she's received over the years, that she's prayed for our family members and for friends, you know, people ask her. She has a reputation for being a prayer warrior. And so she's written them down. And some of the prophecies in here are like from 20 years ago. There's actually a prophecy, you know, some prophetic words about our son Solomon, who's now 20, that have come to pass over the years. And and she just has a reputation for being a faithful woman of God. Now. If you go back and you read those verses about Anna, you're probably thinking, actually, I remember, I know a woman in my life who is faithful. She is in the temple day and night praying. She's a prayer warrior. Like, I can ask her to pray about anything and she will take it to the Lord. And my mum is that kind of person. She's like Anna in that way. And what I really love about Anna is that The first thing we hear about her is that she's a prophet. So her identity, we find out that she's a widow. In fact, she was widowed at a very young age. But she's been going to the temple every single day since then, day and night, praying and fasting. But the first thing we're told is that she's a prophet. And so like Simeon, we already know that she has an anointing, by the Holy Spirit. She has a Holy Spirit anointing, and and she's brought in that day to the temple by the Holy Spirit with the full expectation that she's going to encounter a promise that was made long ago in the scriptures, the same as Simeon was. So she's a very faithful woman of prayer. In fact, when I was growing up, my mother, I witnessed my mother praying in the temple day and night, I'd walk past her bedroom door and she'd be propped up in her bed with her Bible open in front of her, this very Bible, and she would be praying. Every evening, I'd walk past her bedroom door to go to bed and she would be propped up in bed with her Bible open, praying and spending time in the presence of the Lord. My mum's not very mobile, so she hasn't been to church for a long time, but she is in the temple of the Lord praying faithfully every single day, morning and night. And this is the beauty of this story because we hear about the expectation of this promised Messiah, this uh, the salvation that has been promised from long ago. There's an expectation that Simeon and Anna are going to the temple waiting, faithfully praying. Offering up their praises and their worship. So you can imagine, we're talking about a season of joy. How joyous it was for them to come to the temple that day and actually see with their own eyes the salvation that had been promised right there in front of them. This is the part that reminds me about my grandfather. It is Simeon's reaction. He sees the face of Jesus and he says, Now I can die in peace. Well, my grandfather, you know, in these prayers of my mother's, she had been praying for many, many years for my grandfather to know Jesus Christ. My grandfather, I love him so much. He used to laugh before he got to the punchline of a joke, and you just couldn't help it. You had to join him with the laughter. But he didn't like to talk about church, he didn't like the institution of church. He couldn't understand how a good God could let people suffer. He was very angry about that, and you could get into some very heated debates about it. And I think he felt very um, hurt in his life that God hadn't come and rescued him from certain situations. For example, they had to flee Egypt during the war and relocate in Italy and then finally in Australia. But my grandfather also forgot that, like many of us, he was not a perfect man. He was a gambler. You know, he wasn't necessarily kind to his children or my grandmother. But he couldn't understand why God, this good God, couldn't intervene. And he didn't want to talk about it. He thought God had a responsibility and he wasn't living up to it. Even still, my mother prayed for him every day. And she spoke to him. It didn't matter. She spoke to him about her own faith, her own testimony of knowing the joy of the salvation of Jesus Christ. So you can imagine how surprised one evening in, I think it was December of 96, one of my mother's sisters said to her, what are we going to do? Dad's decided he wants to come to church tonight. And my mum said, well, that's That's great. We've been inviting him for a long time to come. So that's great. She said, but what's he going to do? What's he going to do? They were so concerned because my grandfather always used to take the Lord's name in vain. So they were really worried that he was going to come along to church, say something completely inappropriate, and um, just make it very uncomfortable for everyone. But imagine how surprised they were when the priest at the end of the prayer service called out to anyone who wanted to receive Jesus as their Lord and saviour to come forward to the altar to receive prayer. I've got to try and not cry this bit. Imagine the amazement of my mother and her sisters and my grandmother when my grandfather stood up and walked forward to receive prayer. And they witnessed, they witnessed people laying hands on him and praying for him to accept the Lord as his saviour and redeemer and all of a sudden he fell flat like a pancake they continued to pray for days afterwards my grandfather was very quiet and mum mum was explaining this story to my children when we went to see her over Christmas just recently and she said a, a few days after she was talking to my grandmother about faith and my grandfather overheard and joined in the conversation And she said that was a moment where her prayers had been answered. My grandfather asked for forgiveness for all the hurt that he had caused his children and his wife. Anyways, a few months later, unexpectedly, my grandfather died. So like Simeon, he had seen the face of God and he was able to leave in peace to go and meet his saviour, Jesus Christ. So this story is talking about worshipping in the temple and what that looks like. That's what Anna shows us. But it also talks about the power of a person's testimony and how we are not necessarily the people who are meant to be saving. That is Jesus Christ's job. But we are the sowers of seeds, we are the ones who can share the words of the joy that he brings us. And then we leave it up to God. So we hear that Anna is a prophet, so we know she's anointed. But Paul tells us, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? She was anointed by the Holy Spirit, as was Simeon. And it's really lovely that we have both Simeon and Anna, my mother and my grandfather, woman and man, representing how this saving grace is available to all of humanity. In the Gospel, we read it is for Jew and Gentile. It's available to everyone. But your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you as the holy spirit lives in me we our bodies are the temple this is a wonderful place and god dwells wherever two or three or more are gathered together he is there present and we come to church on sundays because we want to be in fellowship with one another there's joy in fellowship We come for teaching. We come to learn how to be disciples. But you don't have to even take a step out of your door to be in the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is indwelling within you. His abode is within you. I love that word, both those words, dwelling and abode. This is the home. Your body is the home of the Holy Spirit, who is alive in you. And Tishy and the band did such a beautiful job of singing those songs. If we focus on those words, they talk about how he never leaves us, he's always with us. And Anna shows us what it looks like to grow in intimacy with the indwelling God. She's there day and night, praying and fasting, I don't know what her prayers were. Maybe she had a father she was praying for, but I doubt it because we have a clue here. We hear that she's from the tribe of Asher, which is one of the lost tribes. But we also know she's a daughter of Penuel. And God's purpose and plan is so much greater than we can understand. But Penuel's name means face of God. So maybe when God created the prophet Anna, he knew from the very beginning that she would see the face of God and recognize it. You know the face of God because it is, he is indwelling. He knows you. But she grew in intimacy with God. She was a widow. She was elderly. Society tells us now there's not much more that, you know, older people can offer us. Or widows need lots of um, care and attention. Yes, they do. They do need care and attention and compassion. But here, God is telling Anna that there is something to look forward to. There is purpose in your life. Because you and, um, and Simeon will be the witnesses for all of humanity that the Savior has arrived. He is here. And that is true for any one of us, regardless of our age or our, whether we're widowed, whether we're divorced, whether we're single or married, whether we have children or not. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And we see what the purpose is here in that final verse of Anna. The purpose is to go out and share the joy of knowing Jesus Christ and seeing his face. That is the purpose, that we share that joy. It's like when you're waiting expectantly for a baby to be born. And the joy, I mean, nowadays, because of social media, there's lots of messages that go out whenever someone's having a baby. Please don't announce the birth of our baby. We want to have the joy of doing that first. Because there's so much joy when you expect something wonderful. And they saw the first coming of the Messiah. We are expectant also for the second coming of the Messiah. And yet there are many people out there who don't even know about the first coming. And our testimony can make all the difference. We are the sowers of seeds. What we do how we worship in the temple of the Holy Spirit will give us the courage and the joy and the passion to share our testimony. Temple and testimony. What you do in the temple, how you spend your time in the presence of the Lord will lead you to testimony. You can't do that in your own strength because it's driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. But what you can do is be intentional with your time. You can be intentional about how you pray. You can fast if that is something that you want to do. We've spoken about fasting many times in the church. But she was praying and fasting, and everything was worship. Even in her tragedy of being a widow and losing her husband, The Lord was able to sustain her and provide joy. And that's something that I really want us to understand today is that we, our bodies, are the temple. We are the temple and our testimony is the seed that we can sow for the next person to understand and know the love of the salvation of Jesus Christ. I got quite passionate there, didn't I? And what I want to say, there's a couple of things I do want to say because, you know, I always have lots to say, don't I? It's a bit of a problem, but I do feel really passionate and I love that, Even though this morning, Suj and I had an argument on the way here, and yet I'm looking at him, and I I love him right now because I feel so full of joy. (laughs) But, you know, there are other people who have said things that, really relate to this passage Tony Evans who's a I think we've got his quote Tony Evans who is a um, American preacher and a great theologian says if you have faith you can do what others can't do because you can see what others can't see Simeon and Anna had the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit within you. They had the anointing of the Holy Spirit and they saw him. They knew straight away when they witnessed this baby coming in a baby who hadn't even performed a miracle, hadn't spoken a word. They knew, they knew that he was the Savior. And yet we have religious leaders who have witnessed him performing miracles, have heard stories about the teachings, and yet they did not believe. So seeing with your eyes does not necessarily mean that you can see with your heart. Tony Evans also talks about how our worship can be limited when we're in one place if we think that it's only one place that we can worship. He says, if you limit worship to where you are, the minute you leave that place of worship, you will leave your attitude of worship behind like a crumpled up church bulletin. Please come to church. We want to be in fellowship with you. We want to be in fellowship with one another. We've got so many faithful prayer warrior Anna's in our church. We have so many of them. We want to be in fellowship with one another. Please do come to church, but remember that you're not coming to church to be in the temple. When you step out the door, the temple is coming with you. You are the temple. There's another woman who said something about Sharing the gospel that when I was younger, in my, I think, early 20s, which seems a lifetime ago now, actually, I can't even understand how I came across. I had an album on CD, which I used to play in my car over and over and over again. I love jazz music. Does anyone know that about me? I love jazz music. I love jazz. I love soul. I love r and I love gospel music. All of it. But when I was in my early 20s, there was this album that I used to play on repeat. I don't know where I got it from. I myself had not given my life to Jesus yet. And yet this woman sang these words every single time I got in my car. And I listened to the words, and I didn't think anything of them at the time. But they were seeds that were being sown over my life. And the singer is called Mahalia Jackson, And she wrote about her music. She said, I hope to bring people to God with my songs. And it reminded me so much of Tishy and the band this morning. If you listen to those words, you know sometimes you're listening to the worship songs and you can't help but cry because they just touch you somewhere deep inside. And this is what Mahalia Jackson did. Now we're gonna, I've sort of come to the end of my sermon And I really hope that you do receive the revelation of God today to understand what the worship in the temple looks like and to understand the power of your testimony. You know, the words can be simple. You could invite them to Alpha next week. That's a great way to do it. That's a great way to share your testimony. I went to Alpha. It changed my life we're running it at church and i would love for you to come i'll come with you i've done that before any one of us can do that but even if it's just sharing the simple testimony of your the joy of your own life please do that because that is the purpose that is why god has brought us to where we are now so that we can share that joy and so we're going to do the end of worship a little bit different today tishi Sang the most wonderful hymn this morning at the nine o'clock service, which really spoke into the passage that we've read today. But before she does that, she's going. I'm I'm going to play the song that I listened to many years ago from Mahalia Jackson. And the reason I want to play it is because the words are so simple. And if you can't find the words, they you don't need to worry. They don't need to be complex. They can just be simple. But what I'd like to do, and then and I think after Tishy plays or sings the next hymn, we can all join in with continued worship. But what I want to do is, I really, really thank you, Jesus, that I have this opportunity. What I really want to do is, I want to offer you that prayer that was offered to my grandfather many years ago. We've got some prayer team here with us today, Nate and Mary and John, would you mind coming up and joining me? Whilst the song of Mahalia Jackson plays, Come to Jesus, I want you to contemplate and think on that. Think about who you could be sharing your testimony with. But I also want to offer that prayer offered to my grandfather. If anyone here today wants to commit their life to Jesus or recommit recommit your life to Jesus, please come forward and we will pray for you during that song. So if you guys want to come up now and we'll play that song. Thank you. (laughs)